Good afternoon, Metro Augusta. This is Janice Allen Jackson, welcoming you to the March 23rd edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. This show is always is brought to you by Janice Allen Jackson and Associates. That is my management consulting firm. And you can learn more about the services that we provide at JaniceAllenJackson.Weebly.com. Also there, you will find any past episode of the show that I have done. It is at the Local Matters tab as well. You know, you can always get to those episodes through SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. If you missed last week's show, you will want to go to one of those platforms, either my website, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, or SoundCloud, to listen to it because I gave a preview to the election. There's some really good information there related to changes that may have occurred as uh, a result of redistricting, as well as giving you an overview of the various offices that are on a ballot, how many candidates there are, where to find that information on the Georgia Secretary of State's website, et cetera, et cetera. However, today uh, we are featuring uh, one of our local elected officials, Ms. Shonda Kettles Griffin is with us to discuss uh, her role as a member of the Richmond County School Board and some of the hot topics that are occurring in our country and community right now. Local Matters family, today our guest is Ms. Shonda Kettles. Uh, she serves the Richmond County school system by representing District 1 on the Board of Education. Um, I jokingly told Jordan Johnson one day, I said, well, we must have an East Augusta power base going here because Shonda and Jordan live down the street from each other, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I live around the corner. So uh, <laughs> there are definitely people in East Augusta that are concerned about uh, the well-being of our community at large and East Augusta specifically. And I am very glad to have uh, the person who represents our area on the Richmond County Board of Education with me today. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for accepting the invitation. Um, our primary topic today is the critical race theory discussion. Uh, but before we get into that, I would like for you to share a little bit about yourself with our audience. Sometimes I'm amazed at what people don't know about our local elected officials. So if you could just tell us a little bit about your background, I think it would help our audience. Yes, ma'am. Um, well, so what's funny is on the board, I'm Shonda Griffin, um, but legally my name is Shonda Kettles. What happened is, and I didn't know this myself, I couldn't do a name change. I was married and then had gotten a divorce and in the middle of running for office. Um, and I qualified as Griffin, so I had to stay Griffin for my entire term. So a lot of times when they see me on the board, it's say Shonda um, 
Griffin. But yes, so Shonda Kettle, Shonda Griffin, still the same person. I signed all my documents on the board, Shonda Kettle's Griffin, so that my legal name can be in there. But I was actually born in Augusta, um, not raised here. I came back here in 2008. And I've been here ever since then. Got started working in the community. I have um, several degrees in my pocket, but the love of my life, the passion of my life is massage therapy. I'm a massage therapist. I've been for the past 12 years. Um, absolutely love it. Absolutely help. love helping people um, to heal, to, to facilitate their healing and things of that nature. Um, mom of three, all three of my girls went through the Richmond County school system. They're adults now. So um, house is kind of empty. I uh, went through that empty nest process, but um, more importantly, I just love keeping my head down, um, working in my community, trying to find solutions. One of the things that I always remind myself and I always say is that everybody has answers, but nobody has solutions. And so one of the ways I try to change that is trying to find solutions instead of always having the answer. Okay. And that is a great statement. I'm going to have to steal that one. You're right. Because <laughs> if you ask a question, everybody's going to tell you something. Right. right. <laughs> it's really, really a solution. So that is great. Well, thanks so much for sharing that about yourself. Uh, you are about halfway through your school board term. Yes. I'm, I'm right? in my second year. I've just started um, my second year. I came onto the board January of 2021. And my last day of serving for this term is December of um, 2024. Um, right. So I'm looking to see, um, hopefully I'll run again if the people have me or maybe not. It depends. I'm just, I'm at this point, I'm just focusing on learning um, all that I can, taking it all in and how to apply and empower the constituents, the community. Um, to kind of help get involved to make our school system better. That's, I haven't even thought about running yet too much. Um, I'm really just trying to make sure that I obtain all the knowledge that I can and how to apply it um, most effectively. All right, excellent, excellent. As we talk about with the school system, um, obviously there are some challenging issues that you all have to confront. Right. And sometimes you have to take a stand that may not be as popular with some of your constituents. Right. Um, one of those really challenging issues that um, is currently being debated in the Georgia state legislature, and in fact, throughout the country, is critical race theory, CRT. Right. Um, bills have been introduced, and um, I really didn't have a good understanding. So as I was researching for this show, I listened to a few YouTube videos on both sides of it, just so I could kind of understand the arguments. And number one, it seems like while all this discussion has taken place about whether CRT has a place in K through 12 curriculum, it doesn't seem like it really has anything to do with K through 12 education. It, it really doesn't. So <clears throat> it's always um, kind of funny and sad at the same time to watch how politicians, um, people in office, people who are vying for office um, will take something, turn it, flip it, run and have people to run with it. And it's all lies. Um, critical race theory 
first of all, is an advanced studies course in uh, college. It is, there are no K-12 curriculum anywhere in this country. There is no pending K-12 curriculum anywhere in this country. It is an advanced course that is taught in law school, one, to um, evaluate and look at how laws that were made are, that have affected our livelihood um, in the justice system and in this country. So what happened was it got blurred in with the 1619 project um, and people ran with it saying, oh my God, they are teaching our kids that um, white people are inferior and that white people should feel guilty about things that happen. That's not what um, critical race theory is about. Critical race theory and the 1619 project are two different things. They're two very different things. Um, 1619 Project is written by a, a, a woman that is a tenured professor in North Carolina that she wrote for the New York Times. Um, she started writing this column about what happened in 1619 and how that may have affected. Critical race theory was, is, it's not was, is about how laws that were shaped in this country affected people of color, um, people of uh, lower class, poor class, um, economic disadvantages and things of that nature. It doesn't just include black people. It doesn't just include people of color. It includes poor people and all colors of people can be poor. So what has happened is our politicians in this country has taken this, heard the word race, heard the word racism. And of course has taken this one word that can get people the most riled up and have run with it and they have flipped it. They're indoctrinating your kids, teaching hate. They are they are teaching your kids in the classroom to make white people feel guilty. And that, um, we're, that we taught that white people were superior than blacks. Well, the country was formed, when the country was formed, slavery was a thing. Black people were considered three-fifths of a human. So those are facts. Those were written in our formation documents of this country. So those are facts. Racism is, was a thing. There are still racists in this country. There are still people who are, are, are living, practicing racism. There are people and bigotry. I don't think people understand the difference between racism, bigotry, and prejudice. There are people that are still indoctrinated in bigotry and prejudice practice. Um, racism is, is a word sometimes people toss around without fully understanding what it actually means. So they've taken this CRT, critical race theory, and have shouted on parents about, we're teaching your kids to hate. That's not true. What's happening is schools across the country are teaching history within their states. They're teaching US history, they're teaching Georgia history, South Carolina history, Florida history, things of that nature. If your state had slavery in it, that's being taught. Jim Crow is a real thing. Jim Crow happened all across the South. We cannot deny that practices were put in place to prevent black people from voting, from living a certain place, having a certain type of job, taking a home loan, things of that nature. That is what CRT is. CRT is a college level graduate course study 
that explores how laws that were put in place still affects us, us to this day. There is no K-12 curriculum. No school board is voting on CRT. As a matter of fact, it was brought up at one of our board me uh, meetings and we shut it down because there is no curriculum on the table for us to review. There is no curriculum on the table for us to vote on. There is, there is no curriculum. Our curriculum come from the Georgia Department of Education. So if the Georgia Department of Education says that that's not what we offer, that's not what we have, there's no need for us to vote on it. There is a whole list of courses. You can go to the um, DOE um, website. You can look at the list of courses that has been approved through the Georgia Department of Education that um, local school systems and school districts can incorporate into their, their, their system curriculum. All right. Very good. And that is very informative because it seems like this whole country has gotten turned upside down um, about something, as you explained, that's not even quite real. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's real, but it's not it's not real in the way that they are pushing it. Right. It's, it's not, not, it's not available to your elementary kids. Nobody's teaching elementary kids to hate white people because white people formed slavery or started slavery or whatever. What, what is being taught in school is that Georgia was a slave state. The Confederate um, army fought you know, to, to keep slavery in. We didn't wanna lose, it was a moneymaker. It was a moneymaker. That the slavery was a thing at the founding of this country. Those are the things that's being taught, things that we already knew. What's happening is that it's becoming more and more available for people to learn, explore, delve into it, to find out the real reasons behind stuff. And we're now beginning to see the lingering effects of laws that were placed on the books um, and how they're affecting our everyday day-to-day -day practice even till today. You know, we just saw um, a news report about how Wells Fargo, I think it was either Wells Fargo or Bank of America are still having disparity loan results towards um, African-Americans and other people of color. It, it was, uh, it's, it's Wells Fargo. Yeah, yeah it was. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, and uh, I think you're absolutely right. So it is a matter, I think, of us coming to terms with the truth. Yep. Uh, about about our own history, which is what history class is supposed to be about anyway. And history is uncomfortable. History should be uncomfortable in, in the mistakes that we made. We should be uncomfortable absolutely with enslaving others um, to make sure. And, and it's one of those things where we should absolutely know what our history as a country was so that we don't repeat it, so that we can to break those practices that may linger, that we can identify when things are beginning to shift because it is absolutely true that history repeats itself. And it's up to the people that's in the current area, the current place of time to make sure that what we did before that didn't work, we don't do it again. You know, we wanna know history so we know, well, what happened that led to this so that we can make sure it doesn't happen again. We also wanna make sure the things that we got right 
we continue to practice those things, the things that work, that we continue to bring those things forward and evolve. Excellent. So the Richmond County School Board has not taken any action related to CRT because there's really no reason for you to do so. Okay. Not at all. There's no action to take. Okay. All right. And I was uh, also doing a little research. I saw uh, SB 377, Senate Bill 377, yes. um, which some members of the state legislature are considering a censorship sort of bill um, because it interferes with what teachers can do in the classroom. Yes. Um, have you uh, taken a position on these types of bills and legislation? Well, let me say from, from these answers from this point on is absolutely the answers of Shonda. Um, I, I am absolutely against these bills. And, and I have received feedback from teachers um, and some administration that says that if we take a stand, please consider taking a stand against these bills because it interferes with their ability to accurately teach their classes. We, we have bills on the floor that will absolutely take money out of our school system's pocket just because one person, one person makes a complaint and say, I don't like it. You know, we see in some counties where um, parents are complaining about the types of books that are available for our children to read and check out and things of that nature. Um, to Kill a Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird, right? Um, these bills are absolutely intrusive in the manner of which, look, we already have an outline from the Georgia Department of Education of what we can and cannot teach. We already have that curriculum. When you go into and you start micromanaging our teachers, our students can't learn, our teachers can't facilitate their classes, and what it does, it makes your teachers get aggravated. We're, our teachers are up under enough stress as it is dealing with the remnants of COVID than to have us peeping over their shoulders every three minutes to make sure they're not saying race and slavery and black and white and all of this other stuff. And then all it, all it takes is for one parent to complain and our 20% 20, 20 of our QBE funding can be absolutely held from us. We could be 20% of our funding can be taken from us just because one parent makes an accusation that we're doing something that we're not, that we're teaching something that is not even in our curriculum to teach. Um, so, to do this, honestly, if they're honest with themselves, the authors of these bills, our legislators, if they're honest with themselves, what you're doing is denying the history that actually existed. And if you feel uncomfortable because real factual, actual history is being taught in our classrooms and you feel guilty or uncomfortable or whatever, you may need to examine within yourself why you do, why you feel that way. I don't feel uncomfortable when I hear about the things that happen. I don't, I don't feel uncomfortable when I hear about the Irish, when I hear about the Italians, um, things that happened to them. What it does is make sure that I'm aware of what happened, how it happened, who was responsible for it, to make sure we can identify that it doesn't happen again. That these things we're aware so that we're going forth in our lives. We're not just touching people in Georgia. If you're staying within your bubble, okay, great, that's that's you. But this world is so much bigger than Augusta. And if we're planning on sending our kids out into this world to be effective in this world, 
We want to make sure you don't want to send ignorance out into the world. You don't want to send naiveness out into the world. You want to make sure that our students are ready to have and, and encounter those things and how to stand up against those things and fight back against those things. Excellent, excellent. Thank you so much for being willing to share your personal opinions about this. Thank um, you. I, hopefully, all of our uh, community, our listeners, as well as our school board generally, as they hear perspectives from uh, the diverse array of people who are on the board, uh, will have a better appreciation for why it's so important to be honest about what has happened in our history. Exactly. Uh, we only have a couple more minutes left. Is there anything else that you would like to share on this topic or any other topic uh, that you would like our uh, listeners to be aware of? Yes, I would love to see more people at our school board meetings. I would love to see more people um, sign up on the public speaking part um, to share your views, not just on this, but on um, anything. I'll tell you right now, when it comes to this subject, we're just not even hearing it because there's nothing to hear. There's, there's, again, there's nothing for us to address, but there are so many other concerns within our school system that I invite you to share your voice, your opinions, your thought on. Please encourage your neighbors, your family, your friends, show up to these PTA meetings, whether you have a school, a child in that school or not, because that school is in your community and those children are a part of your village, become a part of your village. And I implore you to show up to the parent teachers nights, show up to the PTA meetings, the school open houses, so that you can see what's going on in your schools. Meet your teachers, meet the teachers that are teaching these classes that you say that are happening. Meet the teachers that are giving their time on, on campus, off campus, out of their own pocket to care for our children. Um, our board meetings are held every third Tuesday of the month at 6 p.m. at 864 Broad Street. Committee meetings are held every second Tuesday of the month at 4 p.m. Um, at the Board of Education, downtown 864 Broad Street. We would love to see you. Okay, all right. Um, the, all the meetings are open to the public, even if it's not on our agenda to speak. If this is something that is a concern of yours, I do know this, it doesn't have to be on our agenda for you to speak about it and for us to hear it. Um, the public comment section, it is open for you to speak about anything that you're concerned about with the Richmond County school system, be it sports, be it a, a class, be it what you would hope we would do, what you would hope we don't do. It is open for public comment. So you can speak no matter what we're talking about on our agenda, you can talk about anything. All right, very good. And do you have to sign up in advance to get on here? Yes, you can just go to our website. It'll reach out um, when it, it tells you where our, our next meeting is. And then you can reach out to sign up for public comment. Okay. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for Thank being you so much for having been me. an awesome guest. And um, that is one of the purposes of local matters to encourage people to get more engaged. So I really appreciate you mentioning uh, that. Yes, at the end of and thank you for doing this. Absolutely. It's, it is needed in our community. All right. Take care. All right.
I truly hope that you all enjoyed that discussion as much as I did. Um, it was very timely and informative and hopefully gave you some idea of some of the types of things that our school board members have to uh, grapple with. Also, I want to follow up on Ms. Kettle's suggestion that we, whenever possible, attend school board meetings. Uh, I did check their website just to see if you could see what was on upcoming agendas and those sorts of things and found out that that is indeed the case. I would ask you to go to rcboe.org. That is the website of the Richmond County Board of Education. At the bottom of the homepage, there is um, BOE information. You just click on that. And when you click on that, you get to uh, a page um, that provides an overview of um, how you access meetings, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there is on the side there, Richmond County Board of Education, RCBOE Board and Committee Meeting Schedule. It'll give you a list of all of the meeting dates for both committed meetings and the board meetings that uh, our guests spoke of. And there's also a uh, big red and big red letters towards the top of the page, access RCBOE live meetings, agendas, and minutes. Click here. So you can click there. Uh, once you get in there, uh, you will see uh, where uh, you can look at minutes uh, of meetings, look at agendas, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So that way you kind of know what's being discussed and you can look to see if there's anything that you uh, would like to hear more about. Uh, and then you can just click on the link to go into the meeting live or you can attend the meetings in person. So uh, that was a great suggestion on her part. Also want to tell you that as I prepare for this discussion, uh, I thought it would be instructive for me to do a little research on the history of the Richmond County school system as it relates to the education of African-American students. Um, I uh, was it confirmed for me uh, something that I had run across during my regular walks. Those of you who know me know I like to walk. Uh, it's my primary source of exercise. And uh, I have oftentimes walked down Reynolds Street where there is a, a historic marker. Uh, it is immediately outside the parking deck of the Cyber Center. And it talks about where high school, which I had never heard of until I stopped to read that marker a couple of years ago, uh, where high school was, in fact, the first black public high school in the city of Augusta. Uh, it opened at the urging of some African-Americans who came down to the school board and said, hey, we feel like we need a, a public high school for our Black students. And the school board's response was, well, we can give you teachers if you all furnish your own building. So those uh, parents and community members took it upon themselves to find a building on Reynolds Street. Uh, and uh, it's across from Springfield Baptist Church, if you need that for perspective. Uh, they had a building there, the school board furnished the teachers. That school operated for approximately 18 years. 
until the school board decided that they no longer needed to provide uh, a public high school because there were other private high schools available. Um, the precursor to Lucy Craft Laney High School, which was Haynes Normal Institute, the Walker Baptist Institute, as well as Payne College operated private high schools. And the school system said, well, this will allow us to put more resources into elementary education for Black students if we don't have the burden of operating that high school. And we really don't have to do it because y'all got other options to go to school. So uh, that is the, the history of where high school. I also read uh, via an article in the Metro Spirit in uh, May uh, of uh, 2004 was the date. Uh, also read that um, this was the first public school for African-Americans in the entire state of Georgia. So that's quite a historic feat uh, for Augusta at that time and speaks to how significant Augusta was in Georgia's history. Also, locally, in terms of integration of our schools, it really didn't happen after Brown versus the Board of Education, like it should have, uh, when the Supreme Court rendered decision, the decision in 1954 to integrate public schools in our country, they were to be integrated with all deliberate speed. Uh, the Richmond County School Board was not in a hurry. Uh, it was about 11, 10, 11 years after that when the first African-American students attended Richmond Academy. Uh, and uh, just so happened one of my neighbors, a member of the Ward family that grew up up the street from me, uh, was one of the first African-American students to attend Richmond Academy. Um, but um, there was not a full attempt at integration. It was just allowing a few students here and there to attend what had been historically white schools. So uh, the attorney, uh, John Ruffin, um, you may be familiar with that name because it adorns the Richmond County Courthouse, which is located at the corner of Walton Way and James Brown Boulevard. Uh, he was then attorney, Jack Ruffin. Uh, he got with the local family, the Acre family, uh, who my family also has history with because my father used to work with uh, Willie Acre Sr. at Savannah River Plant back in the 50s and 60s. Uh, Mr. Acre and his wife Gladys had a son named Robert who had developed a reputation for himself as an activist. And Mr. Ruffin asked the Acre family if they could use Robert's name on litigation that he wanted to file, uh, which became Acre versus the Richmond County Board of Education. Uh, that litigation was filed in 1964. Uh, Mr. Acre unfortunately died in 1965, and the case was not finally ruled upon until 1972. Uh, and it was at that time when uh, Richmond County Board of Education really started uh, various practices designed to improve the quality of education as well as integrate schools. Uh, for all students. So I thought that was really a good history. Uh, as Ms. Kettles pointed out, uh, you can't avoid your past, you can't avoid mistakes in the future unless you know about the mistakes you made in the past. And I thought uh, that little historical research was very, very instructive uh, for me and hope it has been for you. Again, thank you so much for being a part of our Local Matters family. Please stay with 
with me from uh, next starting next week, March 30th, on through Election Day. Uh, every week, we will have candidates for various races here in the state of Georgia and specifically in uh, Richmond County. Uh, we'll have uh, as many candidates in who accept our invitations. We are actually extending invitations to every single candidate for our judicial races, local judicial races, commission races, the mayor's race, state house of representatives, those races that are contested. Uh, we're going to bring in as many candidates as possible. So you have the opportunity to hear directly from them about uh, what their priorities would be if they are elected to office. Thanks again and be blessed. I close with my favorite Bible verse from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision-making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. here on WKZK, 1600 AM, 103.7 FM, and WKZK.net, because local matters.